Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Twits in Love, a steampunk distraction by Tom Allen Robbins. We left Cyril slumped in despair over the crudités as Binky snogged the beautiful pansy for all he was worth. Let's return to the dining room for the final chapter. Showdown at the hydrogen plant. Love is rather like a diving bell. Those inside it are deaf to the outside world. They breathe each other's air and hear only the echo of each other's voices. The crushing pressures of the world around them touch them not at all. Those outside the bubble, however, are highly susceptible to the buffeting currents and predatory fish that surround them. While Binky and Pansy floated dreamily in each other's eyes, I struggled to survive the maelstrom that had erupted in the dining room. Cheswick, I will not be ignored. I say, Sewell, this does rather course the line. Will someone explain to me what the bloody hell is going on? Sit still, Hugo. When there is something that requires a response from you, I will inform you. Here now, let's all calm down, shall we? I will not calm down. I know when I'm being trifled with. Cheswick? Hmm? Yes? You and I have embarked upon a great enterprise. Will you abandon it for the sake of this person? Sorry, what? We have sworn oaths. The moment approaches. Will you stand with me? Oh, um, sorry, Alice. I'm afraid I'll have to bow out. Things have changed, rather. I have not changed. Very well. I shall carry on alone, if need be. I discard you on the ash heap of history. Thanks awfully. I knew you'd understand. Cyril, I must depart. But they're just bringing the soup. The soup is immaterial. Matters of great pith and moment are afoot. Farewell. And with that, Alice strode out through the French doors and disappeared around a hedge. Good riddance, say I. How can one enjoy one's food with those great ivory pricks clicking against each other like mahjong tiles? The soup, sir. Ah, what are we having, Bentley? You requested Vigisoise, but I'm afraid the auto-cooker heard fish sauce. It needs to be recalibrated, sir. Well, it's not really soup at all, is it? No, sir. I hope it heard me correctly when I asked for coq au vin. 
Perhaps we should be prepared to exit the dining room in haste if a similar mistranslation occurs. It would be prudent, sir. What did I request for pudding? Spotted dick, sir. How unfortunate. Another telegram comes, sir. Go on. Congratulations. You are the winner of an all-expenses-paid vacation at the beautiful Flores Para Las Muertos timeshare resort in fabulous Puerta Camarones, Ecuador. Stop there, Mrs. Oaks. This is a hoax. Is it? The use of a foreign language inspires confidence. I have an acquaintance who was victimized by such a scheme. He arrived in Ecuador only to be held at gunpoint until he purchased a timeshare, which he rarely uses. Look here, now that she's gone, you two can snap out of it. She is my ward, after all. Ah, the light begins to dawn. Not to me. Of course not, dear. This little play was for Alice's benefit. It was intended to arouse her jealousy, but it seems to have gone rather off the tracks. Look here, you two. Come up for air, will you? Uh, where's she gone? Stocked out like a panther. We weren't finished. Afraid the curtains come down. La Commedia e Finite, <laughs> and all that. I've spoiled everything. Not for me, my darling. You don't need to call me darling now that she's gone. But we're in love. No, no, that was only acting. <gasps> Hello. Bravo! Didn't know you had it in you, my dear. Acting? She was acting. She doesn't love him at all. I was building to a climax. I was going to have second thoughts in a moment and cast you aside. Oh, I told you I wouldn't get it right. Are you saying you don't care for me? Goodness, no. I don't even know you. But then, oh, dash it all. <laughs> now what do I do? I say, that was rather spiffy with the German. How did you do it? I speak five languages. I told you she doesn't fit in. Spends all her time studying physics, French, organic chemistry. I don't know what I'm going to do with her. I'm afraid you've rather exploded your chances with Alice, old cock. <coughs> Alice, where is she? Gone, and left you on the ash heap of history. My God, she's going to do it. Do what? Listen, Cyril, we, we've got to stop her. Call the police. I'm sure she's not that desperate. You don't know her? Well, I know her well enough to know she's not about to end it all because of a ruined romance with you. No, you don't understand. She's been plotting it for weeks. Plotting what? She and her anarchist friends. They're going to blow up the hydrogen plant. What? The one we can see from the window? Yes! But that would blow us up too. Hence my sense of urgency. Bentley. Sir. You heard? I have already set things in motion, sir. We must intercept her. My camel caravan is at your disposal. Quickly, everyone, to the caravan. <laughs> if one is trying to move with urgency, mechanical camels are not the optimal form of transport. They lurch and sway to an alarming degree. Aunt Hypatia could ride anything, and Bentley was imperturbable. But the rest of us hung on for dear life. Poor Uncle Hugo wound up facing backward and let out a constant scream of curses. The hydrogen plant drew nearer. What will we say to them when we get there? They'll never let us in. I believe you will find them compliant, sir. How can you be so sure? Because you own the hydrogen plant, sir. 
I what? In sifting through the contents of your trust, I discovered that it was your great-great-grandfather, Percy Chippington Smythe, who discovered the secret of converting seawater into hydrogen. You own them all, sir. All the hydrogen plants? Indeed, sir. I believe that was part of Miss Witherspoon's attraction to you. She hoped that by marrying you, she would gain access to your hydrogen plants for the purpose of blowing them up. What hell, a little wounding to the old ego. Her desire to destroy your gas facilities was undoubtedly mingled with a deep affection for you. No doubt. I do wish Mr. Wickford Davies and yourself had consulted me about your stratagem. I would have made some salient points. Too late for crying over spoiled milk. Spilt, sir. Hmm? What? Spilt, not spoiled, sir. Really? I like mine better. I'm sure those who catalogue folk wisdom will revel at your input. With regards to Miss Witherspoon... A moment, Bentley. Uncle Hugo! What? I own the hydrogen plant. I know! I told you I did my homework. Blast your homework! How do you steer these bloody camels? One didn't have time to read the instruction manual. I think I see her. She's just going through the gate. Where are the guards? Her gang was to overpower them. They're inside now, waiting for her with the explosives. As I was saying, sir... In a moment, Bentley. We've got to formulate a plan. I studied the schematics of these hydrogen facilities when I wanted some light reading. To do any real damage, they will have to place the explosives against the containment vessel. Once we enter the main door, we turn right. The wall of the containment vessel is roughly 100 feet from the entrance. What an interesting girl you are. Bentley, did you get that? Yes, sir, but if you would allow me... No time! Follow me! The caravan lurched past the guards at the gate, hogtied and gagged. Shouldn't we untie them? There's not a moment to lose. They must be deploying the explosive by now. Upon reaching the entryway to the facility, we dismounted and raced down the corridor. In the distance, we could hear a babble of voices. Alice's voice pierced through the din like a trumpet. Let the new world begin! We sped around the corner to find Alice lighting the end of a long black fuse. Behind her crowded the motley crew from the gazebo. I spotted Bentley's houndstooth-wrapped matron among them. The fuse sparked and began to travel toward a large mound of crates. Stop! Too late! Run for your lives! This plant will be a crater of cinders in a matter of moments! At this point in the proceedings, things became rather chaotic. The ragged band of anarchists scrambled for the exit. Binky outpaced them all by a good twenty meters. Only Alice and her houndstoothed henchwoman stood in our way. I say, Patia, perhaps we'd better... Hugo! Stay! Yes, dear. I demand that you put out that fuse at once. You'll have to kill me first. We shall all be dead if the fuse reaches those explosives. But a new world shall dawn. How I admire your idealism. If you were not intent on killing us all, I believe we could have been friends. You're coming out of your shell at last, are you? Shame we'll all be blown to smithereens in a moment. You're being very brave. Oh, I'm terrified. But running is so gauche. There seemed to be a distinct lack of fuse dousing going on. I say, Bentley, lend a hand, will you? Have no fear, sir. All will be well. But the bomb! At that moment, the fuse disappeared inside the nearest crate. <gasps> I formed myself into a roundish lump and prepared to meet my maker. Moments passed as we remained demonstrably alive. 
this lack of combustion? This is unacceptable. I demand an explanation. Her hound's-toothed compatriot stood forth. Alice Witherspoon, I arrest you in the name of the law. What? What is the meaning of this? Have I harbored a viper in my bosom? I am not a disaffected anarchist as you supposed. Rather, I am Police Officer Cleary of the Yard, working undercover. But it was you who procured the explosives. With the help of Mr. Bentley, I supplied you with counterfeit explosives that contain harmless quantities of peat moss and bicarbonate of soda. Bentley, is this true? Allow me to explain. When Sir tasked me with redirecting Miss Witherspoon's affections, I naturally began to gather intelligence to assist in the necessary planning. Upon discovering her involvement with an anarchist movement intent on destroying the underpinnings of society, I enlisted the aid of the constabulary who dispatched Officer Cleary to infiltrate their community. That's who I saw that day at the house, nipping around the corner. Indeed, sir. It was she who provided Miss Witherspoon with the harmless simulations in these crates. By Joe, you're a wonder. But the rest of the saboteurs have escaped. No, ma'am. My officers were waiting at the entrance to apprehend them. It only remains to transport them, along with Miss Witherspoon, to the police station for processing. You'll have to catch me first. As Alice tried to sprint past us, Cheeseworth extended his jeweled walking stick between her ankles and sent her sprawling to the floor. It was the work of a moment for Officer Cleary to slap the handcuffs on her, and the world was once again an oasis of peace. You'll have to run faster than that to escape Officer Cleary of the Yard. Well, that's that. I say, bit of excitement, what? Woo! One hasn't perspired, come far, in eons. What's next, Bentley? Soup's still hot, do you think? I believe the police will want a statement from you, sir. As the owner of the facility, you will be asked to bring charges against the perpetrators. Oh, bother. I'm famished. I placed newcomer sandwiches in your left jacket pocket, sir, wrapped in a napkin. There is a thermos of tea in the right pocket. Uh, what a treasure you are. Aunt Hypatia, newcomer sandwich. Thank you, Cyril. Uncle Hugo, Cheeseworth, newcomer sandwich. We munched on finger sandwiches as we were transported to the police station. Upon arriving, we found Binky in a rather grim cell, surrounded by anarchists. Hello, my lad. Death before dishonor. Tell them I'm not a saboteur. But can I be certain? Which of us can peer into the secret hearts of our fellows, what? Oh, I say. With Bentley's help, I sorted through the paperwork and arranged Binky's release. The anarchists, at Bentley's suggestion, were charged with trespassing, which called for a fine, but no imprisonment. Now, what about Alice? You cannot send her to prison. But she lit the fuse. She intended to blow us all to kingdom come. Nevertheless, she is one of us. Incarceration is out of the question. It's simply not done, dear boy. Oh, drat. But where does this leave me? Is she still determined to place the shackle of matrimony around my neck? And what of the beautiful pansy? I saw her first. You most definitely did not. But I declared my love for her first. You love Alice. Alice loves you. I see. Where is Pansy? At my suggestion, she's gone to the interrogation room to comfort Ms. Witherspoon, sir. Let's put it to her. Let her choose. Fine. Bentley, lead the way. 
Binky and I stalked behind Bentley, cheek by jowl, glaring at each other. Upon reaching the interrogation room, Bentley threw open the door to reveal Alice and Pansy wrapped in a passionate embrace, their lips melding in a mind-bending kiss. It would seem that Ms. Freehold has made her choice, sir. Your teeth tickle. <laughs> I say. Bravo, Pansy. The girl has undwimped of depth. Oh, blast. Well, at least Alice will leave me in peace now. That was my aim, sir. But what of me? Yes, sir. Upon reflection, I felt that marriage to Miss Witherspoon was not an optimal outcome for you. I do apologize. No, you're right. I know you're right. I say, Bentley, is this loving couple we see before us your doing? I believe so, sir. I was present when Ms. Freehold first beheld Ms. Witherspoon, and the attraction was apparent to me at once. At lunch, I observed that Ms. Witherspoon was equally drawn to Ms. Freehold. I felt certain that if they were left alone, their mutual affection would manifest itself. Gads! What a strategist! Hannibal and his elephants are nothing to you. Most gratifying, sir. <laughs> what a beastly weekend this has been. Now, now. What you need is something to take your mind off it all. What about joining Cheeseworth at a bear baiting? Charmed, I'm sure. Or a cockfight? What about it, Cheeseworth? I'm competing in one this fringe year. Do come. It's for the League Cup. I've been training for weeks. Now that does sound interesting. Bentley, pack my things. Very good, sir. Ensconced once more in my jewel box of a pied-à-terre, I stared into the simulated fire and pondered recent events. It really was a close call, wasn't it, Bentley? Without hydrogen, the world as we know it would cease to exist. I believe that was Miss Witherspoon's intent, sir. But now we can go on as before. Visiting the club, weekends in the country, purchasing ever more elaborate toys. <sighs> you know, I sometimes feel it's all a bit pointless. Surely not, sir. I say, Bentley... You don't suppose Alice was right about everything? That having all our wants taken care of turns us into helpless, effete fops? That income inequality hurls millions into lives of despair? Have I been on the wrong side all along? Oh, look, sir. The new issue of Gentleman's Apparel is here. The shoes this season look extremely comfortable. What? Well, hand that over at once. <gasps> Flats! Rounded toe box? Heaven! I shall order a selection at once, sir. Oh, well, Bentley, what a season it's going to be. Indeed, sir. Uh, uh, what was I talking about? When, sir? Just a minute ago. I was asking your opinion about something. I really couldn't say, sir. Hmm. Oh, well. It can't have been very important. Who on earth could that be? Excuse me, sir. He wafted away, and I stared into the fire. When he returned, Bentley carried a large, cylindrical box. Am I expecting a delivery? What could it be? I fancy it's your new hat, sir, from the club. But I never got the chance to fill out the questionnaire. I took the liberty of filling it out for you, sir. It was a rather personal survey, Bentley, designed to ferret out my essential nature. The hat within will reveal your true evaluation of my character. I hope you are not disappointed, sir. 
I confess my hands trembled a bit as I unwrapped the package. No man is a hero to his valet, and Bentley had seen me at my worst. Surely the chapeau within would be a chimera composed of equal parts vanity, vapidity, and pettiness. I lifted the lid to find a beautiful dove-gray fedora with a plain silk band. The lines were exquisite. I lifted it onto the old noggin, and it fit like a dream. I... I don't know what to say. No words are needed, sir. If you are satisfied, that is enough. No. No, it's not enough, Bentley. Sir? Be so good as to burn that lavender vest. Thank you, sir. I have already done so. I'm so happy, Bentley. This really is the best of all possible worlds. Indeed, sir. Now eat your nice cheesy omelette while it's hot. Yes, let's all eat our cheesy omelettes while they're hot. Thank you for listening to Twits in Love. Be on the lookout for season two, Twits in Peril. Until then, be true to your club and always remember to oil your ballot. Ta-ta! And now, let us bow down before the brilliance of our cast, without whom we would be as dust blown hither and yon by the winds of fortune. Michael Urie as Cyril Chippington Smythe, Christian Borle as Cheswick Whitford Davies, Binky to his friends, Dakin Matthews as Bentley, Mary Testa as Aunt Hypatia, Nick Sullivan as Uncle Hugo, Stephen DeRosa as C. Langford Cheeseworth, Helen Cespedes as Alice Witherspoon, Kira Allen as Pansy Freehold, Anne Harada as Mrs. Oaks, Taylor Iman Jones as Officer Cleary of the Yard, and yours truly, Lilius White, as a disembodied, omnipotent voice. Written by Tom Allen Robbins. Co-directed by Tom Allen Robbins and Dory Berenstein. Produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the Broadway Podcast Network. Press, marketing, social media by Katie Rosen, Ayana Prescott, sound effects consultant, Eric Wright. Sound designer and editor, Brett Ashley. Executive produced by Liz Armstrong. Good day. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.